Howdy, everybody. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of the Cars Unfiltered Podcast. Today, we are talking about uh, the ability of new late model vehicles to be customized and how that looks going forward. And uh, Tom's talking about Rimac again. So uh, I'm here with Tom today. Hello. Mike is out sick. He sounds like crap. Nobody wants to listen to him. So <laughs> it's uh, you guys are stuck with Tom and I. And he would probably speak more nonsense than usual, so. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love the, uh, the cough medicine, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. and whatever else he mixes it with. <laughs> right. So uh, so you, you have more Rimac stuff you're talking about today, huh, Tom? Well, so the, uh, so we went to, Mike and I went to the, Auto. Sh- Sorry, this is gonna be a little bit backstory. So Mike and I went to the the uh, <laughs> the North American International Auto Show, as we have done pretty much every year. And every year we say we're pretty much done because like it's just not that exciting, or they don't release that much new stuff um, mm-hmm. anymore. And so Chicago is going on right now, the Chicago Auto Show, and that looks like it's a lot more interesting, a lot more kind of like interesting vehicles are there, a lot of customs trucks and stuff. And uh, the big one now, um, or one of the two big ones, I think, is uh, the Geneva Auto Show, which is coming up in March. Yep. And at the Geneva Auto Show, uh, Rimac is going to basically announce the details of their Concept 2. So if you watch the Grand Tour, you know that Richard Hammond uh, burned up, crashed and burned the uh, one of the eight Concept 1s <laughs> that, were, that were built. Um, and it looks like the concept too is, I mean, they have to be going after the Tesla Roadster numbers. Um, that's, I mean, to me, like, like you have to be wanting to get some of that, but they're also going after level four, um, autonomous driving. So sorry, that noise, I didn't have my (laughs) phone, uh, that's actually the, uh, the, International Space Station was flying over just now, um, <laughs> but yeah. So the so the concept too is going to be. It sounds like a lot more focused on autonomous driving. Um, and level four is basically, it's not quite full autonomous driving, but it's kind of like a uh, like a part time autonomous driving. It'll be allowed to run in like specific areas and stuff like that. Okay. Um, so yeah. So like that's that's pretty neat. I also hope that they make more than eight of them. Like. That would be that'd be nice, um, or maybe crash one. Yeah, or maybe if they make eight, they actually make nine with a special like and save that one for Hammond to try. <laughs> so level the levels of autonomous driving. So I'm looking through an article here on Autoblog uh, that they're just talking about today. Um, the Rimac Concept Two, and they're saying that like nobody out nobody has level four autonomy right now. So does that mean? I mean, Tesla's is pretty good. Is that level three? Um, so level uh, Tesla is actually, I believe, more level two. Okay. Um, yeah. So they do. It's it's weird. Like these levels are kind of weird. Um, they'll help steer. Uh, level two is like steering, acceleration, braking in certain circumstances. And uh, largely the controls across these levels are very similar, but it's just the circumstances in which they're allowed to to operate and take control. Okay. Um, according to 
um, car and driver, it looks like the Audi traffic jam pilot is the level three, which is conditional automation. So um, basically the car monitors the environment um, and the system prompts the driver to intervene when it encounters a a scenario it cannot navigate. So, so yeah. So then level four, um, the, some of the Google cars that they were testing, um, I believe were level four. Okay. And they didn't and they didn't have pedals or steering wheels, but they're restricted to a speed of 25 miles an hour. So in theory, like if the area that you are operating in allows it legally, then you're pretty much full automation. So at level 4. That's so that's kind of weird. I guess I I want to read up on these a little bit cuz you know GM just announced their, you know, autonomous cruise which apparently is production ready, but that doesn't even have a steering wheel or pedals. So, I mean, I can't imagine they'd be releasing a car that, you know, is maxed at 25. Right. No, this is, that was just their scenario. So actually, so it's kind of interesting, right? Like I think these levels, I should look into the origin of like where these levels or came from or defined because it's kind of, it's interesting that they exist. Um, because I don't think that they are, and I could be wrong. Cause again, I don't know. I don't think that they were created by, you know, like, um, governing bodies. Okay. Right. They're just kind of, um, yeah, just kind of guidelines probably. And I mean, we've been able to do autonomous driving for quite a while. There was a, uh, a DARPA documentary, um, when they were kind of were first starting to do those off-road races that were fully oh, autonomous. Oh, I watched that. That was really good. Yeah, do you remember what that was called? I don't for the life of me. <laughs> <laughs> I could scroll through about um, 30 pages of YouTube history and find it. But <laughs> right, yeah. Um, I think, actually, I figured it out. It's it's a no, it's PBS. Oh. It was Nova, the great robot race. Nice. Yeah. Yep. And so... Um, that was all the way back in 2005 yeah. and you know and you know like ford has been working on autonomous driving since around that time as well and i think you know seeing what google's the the driverless cars that google had or has or the, like the waymo stuff like we we can pretty much do the driverless car thing i think a lot of it now is defining the levels um and dealing with the mix right. of human drivers and like AI drivers. Yeah, I was gonna say like that's I don't think I don't think it's the tech that's the problem at this point. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like like it's all new and people don't know exactly how to. And honestly, I think too like AI in general, not just like computer or car, you know, autonomous driving AI, but AI in general. We need to it we, we kind of need to look at it as a new life form and we need to decide and figure out how we need to interact with it. And that's kind of the same thing with cars, right? Like, you know, if you are on a busy street and all the cars are autonomous and you, you know, fall like you're waiting, standing on the curb or something, waiting for a bus and you fall down, like, is the autonomous car going to, you know, see that and stop in time or are you toast? You know what I mean? So, um, or like if a ball, you know, a kid runs after their ball in the street scenario, that kind of thing. And I think the answer to that is that generally speaking, you know, the autonomous vehicles have, can process more data than we can and they can process it faster. And so they should stand a better chance 
um, especially as time, you know, progresses and, you know, more scenarios are adapted to, or they're adapted to handle more scenarios. Right. Right. Yeah. I I think, you know, the mix is the big thing, but I, you know, my computer will think faster than me most of the time. So. Yeah. <laughs> me all the time coffee. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's true oh boy so um moving on from rimac just a little bit here um i just saw something that was really cool because i spent my day today snow blowing i don't know if anybody uh how many of our listeners are in the um mid michigan area but we got dumped on all weekend um so i had the driveway plowed yesterday and uh, I still had to go out and snow blow about six to seven inches today. So, <laughs> yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give a shout out to my neighbors who uh, blew out the sidewalk for me today. Nice. So I was yeah I spent a lot of time uh, what was it Saturday snow blowing, but I didn't have to do anything today. See, that's that's the nice thing about up here is usually if somebody's got a snowblower, they take care of a couple of their neighbors too. <laughs> Yeah, um, yep. but, uh, so I had to run over to my brother's, get my snowblower today and I'm sitting out there and I'm going up and down the driveway, just getting it all blown back in my face. That sounded really bad as I said mm-hmm. it. Um, but, uh, um, but I was thinking like how fun would it be just if I did not have to do snow blowing and I could be out on trails on a snowmobile, right? And then I yeah, remembered, which... <laughs> and then I remembered that I saw an uncrate earlier this week. Nissan did a uh, 370. They're calling it a ZKI, which is you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, a 370Z ski, 370Z. So basically, Z-Z. they took a 370Z Roadster and put skis on the front and tracks on the back, and it's awesome. I want one. Like, yeah, that not only would that just be fun to be out snowmobiling, but, you know, I mean, heated seats, heater, yep. <laughs> wind break, air conditioning, <laughs> air conditioning. <laughs> so, yeah. um, plus, I don't know. And it's a convertible. Yeah. So, I mean, you can have the top down, but you still have the heat blasting and the heated seat on. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. assuming it has heated seats. If they didn't do that, that would. Yeah, I think there's even an option for the. Th- well, I don't. Okay, three. I th- I'm more familiar with the 350Z, but I think there's even an option for heated steering wheels. Oh, perfect. Um, yeah. Yep. So three hundred. It would be amazing. You know, the 370Z is a 330, 332 horsepower V6. Um, basically, they just put about a three inch lift on it, and then put these tracks and skis, and it's really cool. I want one. Um, I Definitely. don't know if the DNR would let me on the trails, but <laughs> if they could catch you, you wouldn't have to find out. Or I mean, if they could catch you, uh, but yeah, like I don't know, something like this would be super. They don't. I don't see any prices of like. I mean, it's probably just like a idea, right? But concept yeah, idea. Yeah, but I mean, they do sell conversion kits like this for like dirt bikes, and you know, you mm-hmm. can you can yep. buy the tracks for trucks, although. I'm not sure if it's a different. Oh, that's true. I'm not sure if it's a different kind of track. You know, um, if it's more, you know, geared for speed or what. Um, I think the track conversions I've seen for pickups are generally like they ge- they gear everything down even more. 
um, oh, you know, yeah. just so you have uh, lower speed but more uh, more torque traction. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which actually the skis on this thing look pretty easy to make. Yeah, actually. And then yeah, if you just adapt the truck tracks to the back, yeah, we might be able to do this. <laughs> I would. Uh, I would. I want to do it on my truck because. You know, my F-150 oh, two-wheel drive, so. <laughs> I want to do a, a truck track conversion so this bad. This would actually probably be better on most of these roads than my truck is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two-wheel drive is tough in the wintertime round. Actually, I pulled out of my driveway in two-wheel drive, or I tried to pull out of my driveway in two-wheel drive, and it, I got stuck with my <laughs> Raptor. <laughs> I, I had to go down your road earlier today, and I don't know what uh, the road commission has been doing all weekend, but they haven't been Nothing on our road. <laughs> no, yeah, it's like, it just gets packed down. Um, I take the traction control off and fishtail my whole, the whole way for mm-hmm. fun. So, yeah, that, I, I mean, do that all the time. I don't know why they haven't touched. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why they didn't touch our road. It's really weird. But. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. I thought that uh, that would just be a fun little gimmick. I kind of want to set up like that for my pickup. But you could totally do it. There used to be. Um, you can actually get those kits for. They're not as much as I thought they oh, yeah? were. Um, yeah, they're. I want to say. It's under ten grand for four. Hmm. Um, I want to say it's like six for four of them. But I can't remember. It's been quite a while since I looked at them. But yeah, that'd be that'd be good times. Track and go. Oh, these are the cool ones. I've seen these before. You like actually drive right onto them. Yeah, that's what I. Yep. Okay. So track yeah, and go. Yeah, those are the bomb. Yes. Hmm. Pricing and ordering. Yeah. Huh. Huh. It was a set on eBay, but that was like a year ago. Hmm. Yeah, I got a 404 yeah. error for the United States, so I guess we'll uh, have to shelve that uh, idea till next time. <laughs> but that does kind of lead us into uh, our next yeah. topic today, right? I mean, that covers the couple things of news we have in the middle of February. It's true, yep. So, yeah, let's. So, Adam has, I think, of, well, okay. So, so the thing that I was wondering here, Adam's done like cu- customization for vehicles and stuff before. I actually mostly do like when I do stuff, I either bring it back to stock, you know, like or get it. Like I just like usually how they the manufacturer has something set up more or less. Um, and so I don't do a whole lot of customization. I've thought about things like you know putting axle back exhaust on my Mustang. So I you know my Mustang's a 2012. So that's kind of like in the year range that we're talking about. But it like, I feel like recent vehicles, there's no, it's like a lot of the vehicles are not interesting to customize. And then like stuff like the Mustang where like, oh, there's a ton of customization and stuff you can do. They're really like, until you go in and do like fabricate your own stuff, like a lot of the bolt on kind of things just aren't that interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, I would say that like, you know, late model cars are definitely harder to customize than, you know, not when I say older vehicles here, I don't mean like, you know, 
classics or muscle or anything like that, right? I'm talking about like 90s vehicles, mm. you know? Um, I feel like like late right. models are definitely harder, you know? I mean, you're looking at like built-in radios and stuff. It's not just a good old double-din swap out. <laughs> um, you know, right. I, I used to do those in high school like for all my friends. <laughs> But, uh, yep. you know, nowadays I like would not even consider trying it, you know, um, it's just so much. Yeah. there's Yeah. There's just nothing like, and I mean, like I, you know, so with my truck, like there's a ton of mods and stuff you can do, right? Like you can get different bumpers, you can get, you know, different shock systems, you can get, um, <laughs> no, I'm running out already. No, I will say I am yeah. a fan of customization on newer vehicles. It's a lot harder to do a lot of the interior stuff, but like, like on your Raptor, I mean, I've told you this before. Like, I think ADO off-road front and rear bumpers would look sick. You know, mm-hmm. everybody does the light bar. I know it's kind of overplayed, but it really does come in handy in February when it's dark at five o'clock. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I think that uh, there are some really cool little things that you can do that would uh you know just make the truck stand out a little bit i've i've become more of a fan of small modifications as i've gotten older i've noticed that um in my younger Mm -hmm. days i was you know big into like heavily modified like you know mini trucks like s10s with air ride and you know that kind of shit we're going explicit, so I'm just going to go ahead. Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> iTunes already classified us. Um, you know, nowadays, you know, yeah, yeah. I've got a few customizations on my truck. You know, I've uh, swapped out the XLT yeah. wheels for the 20 inch King Ranch ones because they go better with the color scheme. You know, I've got that uh, color matched grill guard. Um, you you actually well, I mean, so you say like you are you like doing smaller you know modifications now but you actually changed out the, like the seats well yeah like but the that whole was just seats in your truck re- i had them re uh that was just because i hate cloth seats <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah but that, that to me sounds like a big you know like kind of a big modification but it was, the thing is is i got such a good deal on the truck it was cheaper to change out the interior and have new leather put in it than it was to step up to a trim level with leather so <laughs> mm. oh yeah and it looks nice i mean you're like your truck i've never seen a truck like yours you know like just like yours so it definitely like the way it's put together is super nice oh, i appreciate that you know my in my younger days it definitely would have been a little more gaudy that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> a little yeah. more exuberant yeah. you know yeah but i just like i don't know like my mustang like you know you watch on instagram and stuff youtube whatever like you see some mustangs you're like man you know that looks like they put about you know 60 grand worth of mods into a thirty-five thousand dollar mustang gt you know and like i i don't like they're never um like you're never gonna see that money again and i and i'm just weird maybe maybe i'm just weird this is i'm probably somewhat I resonate with James May on this a little bit. <laughs> Actually, now I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, but they, like, I don't know, like, useful stuff. 
Like, I wouldn't mind putting a winch, like, you know, in the bumper on my truck, right? I think that'd be cool. Um, But, like, the manuf... To me, like, the amount of effort that goes into manuf... Like, manufacturers developing a vehicle and its capabilities. Now, you know, my truck, like, I could go and say, like, yeah, it would be cool to upgrade to, like, King Shocks, you know, spend six grand, upgrade King Shocks, spend another six grand, supercharge it. You know what I mean? Like, I could go down that list. But... You know, then I'm going to go put all this money into this vehicle and really, so I just put 12 grand into it. And if I would have bought, you know, like a new Raptor, that's basically right. what I built. You know what I mean? So like, if you go after like functional stuff, then generally speaking, the next generation is probably going to do a lot of those things anyway, because manufacturers are starting to pay a lot closer attention to that. Now, you notice that you remember back in, uh, I don't know, 10 years ago. It was with it was wheels yeah. because wheels were a huge thing, right? Because it was always like 15, 16 inch wheels, and then like the wheel industry got so huge. Manufacturers, I think Dodge was like yeah. one of the first ones that I noticed. It was like, oh hey, you know, yeah, they got twenties, you know. Yep. Yep. Nice big low profile. It was an option, you know. Um, and then too, like Ford, like right around the, um, like the limiteds. And yep. the King Ranches, you know, like those started to have like the bigger, you know, 18, 19 Limited inch wheels. You get with 22s even. Yeah, I think, I oh, think wow. in 2014 you could get 22s on a limited. I could be wrong on that. Somebody correct me, but I, I think that's the case. Wow. See, so, and then too with the, like the new Raptor, they, I mean, aside from the whole V6 business, like you know they basically beefed everything up even the so the 2000 so two years after they launched the first generation of the raptor um people were driving them very hard right and they noticed that the frames were like compressing mm-hmm. a little bit in the back and so i think believe it was 2012 they even beefed up the frames um and then you know they put the 6.2 in it you know six months after it came out in 2010 and so they you know it's just it's interesting. Like they're definitely paying a lot closer attention now than they than it seemed like they were in the past. Or maybe cycles. Like maybe they can just adjust things a yeah, lot quicker now. Could be that too. I think uh, it's a lot easier to see a lot of that stuff now. Um, you know, be you know you oh, yeah. wouldn't you wouldn't see that sort of thing unless you were you know in the scene, so to speak. Um, right. You know, unless, or you're picking up magazines or whatever. Now you've got youtube instagram you know you've got just all these methods of um just seeing the things that you're interested in so you know i mean i don't know if i was on a design team i'd be following you know everything raptor related yeah (laughs) every hashtag i could think of just to um you know see what people were doing yeah for sure man what can we talk about on here that would like irk mike (laughs) They would like we're talking about this manufacturer <laughs> stuff, right? And like wagons suck. <laughs> no, he, he, oh, the gauntlet has been thrown. Oh, I don't know. I'm just I'm not a fan. Sorry, Mike. I know you're gonna listen to this on Monday. I don't mean to ruin your week, but <laughs> uh, I I'm not a huge fan of so I'm not a huge fan of wagons. But something like that Audi, that all road or something like, 
that Jag one. Like I could, I would be. So, well, here's the thing. I picture myself if I bought one, I'd be like all excited, like, "Oh, this is cool." And then after a little while, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, it's a wagon." Like after the like the you know the skinny pedal reaction goes away. I don't know. That's but I mean they're super useful. Like maybe they have a lot of character, and you just like you know fall in love with it or something. I, but my problem is I'm just not a car person right like cars are too small so for me i'm like yeah i just if anybody's got a topper for sale for a 07 f-150 with a five and a half foot bed (laughs) preferably white (laughs) um, that's that fits all of the wagon you know functionality for me and it's much bigger inside and i'm much more comfortable yeah, which is actually too like I don't know. That's the thing with the Ranger Raptor. Like I'm was kind of super interested in that, but it's just too small inside. Like even the just from the pictures already, I can tell. Yeah, like, it's just yeah, not gonna I like work. My room, I like it a lot. Yep. Me too. Even though I'm gonna be driving twelve thousand miles in a 1935 <laughs> pickup with, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's. <laughs> See, when like you get sardine. back home, though, and you get in your truck, you're going to just, you're going to love it. It's going to be like having your first apartment. <laughs> it's Yeah, exactly. It's going to be like, ah, just sprawl out in there. Oh, speaking amazing. of 12,000 miles, do we have oh, any Alcan updates with Mike out? Or I know he got the cab back, right? Yes. Yes. So... Um, I'm actually going through Mike shot some video and I'm going through it right now to start editing. Um, But essentially there's a few things (laughs) actually. So I was talking to my dad this weekend and his boss's dad actually has a model a with a Columbia two speed in it. And my dad said, you know, kind of told him about, told them about what we were doing and stuff. Right. And he's like, he's like, my Model A could only do 50 with that oh. Columbia two-speed. <laughs> so, yeah. So I uh, I texted Mike, and I was like, hey, do you know Model A's with Columbia two-speeds only do about 50 miles an hour? And <laughs> he proceeded to respond and say, he's like, yeah, but those are four cylinders, and we have a V8. So, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, so I still think you guys will get a lot more speed out of that, though. I mean you know, it's it's more than you'd have without it, right? Well, yeah, I mean, we if we have the torque with that V8, like, we can gear it to go a little bit faster, you know? And honestly, too, like, if we hit 65, 70, like, we should be pretty happy. Um, but, yeah, so so there's that. Uh, I still have to get the axle housings back to Mike. Those are all um, re-bushed, I guess. <laughs> um, I don't know what you would call that. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, he's gonna put those together. He got the cab. The wheels are or the tires are mounted on the wheels. They need to be balanced, which that's our next thing to solve because none of the tire places will actually balance them for us. Uh, my dad brought up that we could use a bubble balancer, but that's like a not like a not spinning version, right? Uh-huh. Um, it's just kind of static. And if we're hitting eighty miles an hour, I'd kind of like to get them balanced, you know, spun and balanced. So we got to look into that some more. And then really like Mike's ready to put the drive line together, man. Like we're, yeah, like 
we're kind of he's he's cooking and he also um <laughs> so here we go since mike's not here um a couple weekends ago i was down there and there was just the frame sitting there right uh he had taken everything off the motor was out the uh trans everything this is a bare frame and his neighbor comes walking over who coincidentally is also name is mike so this might be a little confusing um but you know he's you know mike was telling me earlier too that hey like i need to you know spray this down i think i'm just gonna get some rust-oleum and spray this because i got a weld on it later and different things and like dude we really should just go and get the thing powder coated because he's had the powder coater he's been using has been turning stuff around super fast and doing a really good job. And he's like, no, no, no. Like I got it. I'm just going to rust oleum it. I'm just going to rust oleum. And his neighbor chimes in and is like, he's like, man, like you don't want to get back, like redo this again. You know what I mean? And his neighbor was suggesting like other, like tougher kinds of paint, you know, like actual body uh-huh. paint, you know, and stuff. And, and you know both of us are just kind of like ragging on like dude just do it and he's just like adamant nope not gonna do it so week later fast forward to like two days ago mike is uh texting me and he's like yeah so i just sent that frame out to the powder coater <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like yeah good <laughs> so yeah the frame is going to be um powder coated Oh man, I can't remember what color. The color scheme on this truck is going to be interesting. Um, I'm not exactly sure. Like I know the colors in general, but I don't know. I can't picture it in my mind. So hopefully we'll have a nice big reveal of it in a couple months. I can't wait. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, me too. He's he's doing a good job. Nice. So that's the that's the Alcan update then. Yeah, pretty much. We'll be having hopefully another video here pretty soon in the next couple days. And uh, let me see what else we have. We still need to practice. Um, we what we should be doing is actually practicing uh, driving with you know in a timed fashion. But uh, we haven't done that yet, largely because of winter. Yeah. But yeah, that'll be that'll be happening soon too. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So I guess uh, that's about all we have for today, huh? Yeah, I think so. Uh, hopefully next week Mike's feeling a little bit better. And uh, actually in the video, there's kind of a funny, a f- couple funny shots of him in his uh, his welding beanie or <laughs> handkerchief thing. So yeah, it could be could be interesting. So yeah, nice. All right. Well, I appreciate. Uh, we definitely appreciate everyone who listens. Um, and uh, Y'all make sure to check us out. You know, leave us a review on iTunes. I don't think we've gotten any of those yet. So um, we'd love to. You can be the first. Yeah. We'd love to know how we're doing. Um, Of course, on all the social media stuff Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the the social things. Um, We're on there pretty much, Cars Unfiltered, on everything, right? Yeah, pretty much, as far as I know. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, until next week, y'all take care. We'll see you next time.